is, you know. Oh, I say! Right, okay, welcome to Season 3, Episode 33 of the Filthy Shambles Podcast. I am joined today by stand-up comedian, actor, heartthrob, David okay. Alfie-Wald. I feel like heartthrob is a, is a stretch there, Spook, but I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take anything you can get. I mean, it felt like you had just forgotten other titles that you may have looked up earlier on my, like, on my bio on Instagram. And like, yeah, no, he's got actor and he's got... Oh, what else has he got? Oh, heartthrob. We'll just put heartthrob. But, uh, you, yeah. do, you do have the eyes of a heartthrob, though. Let's, let's not pretend. <laughs> they right. are you, the you... eyes of the heartthrob. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I wasn't, it's, I wasn't it's, fabricating. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's the only but, good thing my dad ever gave me was these eyes. And not well, literally. I don't have a jar with my dad's eyes in. <laughs> just, I've got the same eyes as him. <laughs> Genetics. Where, where, where did you get the sense of humour from? Where, where did uh, the comedy you, come from? Hey, do you know what? That's a question that I try and find an answer to myself because you know people say it was my dad but i don't remember my dad being funny um and you know my uncle has a weird sense of humor so and he was like my role model is the reason i support spurs so it, it could i wouldn't say it's his sense of humor although now i'm getting to an age where i'm thinking like his jokes not like for on stage because they would never work hmm. but like like there was these two women rolling a, a, a keg down the road outside a pub on the weekend. And my uncle would have gone, roll out the barrel. And I don't know why. He would have just shouted, roll out the barrel to them. <laughs> and I really wanted to shout, roll out the barrel. And I was like, no, no, what the fuck is happening? You know, Thing maybe is, I'm just getting to that age. But th- th- those moments are for you, aren't they? Those moments <laughs> for your uncle. It's like you're entertaining yourself. You don't really care if no one else finds that funny. Yeah. You know, yeah, and exactly, that, that, yeah. that's the important thing. But look, I mean, I, I guess having a sense of humour is really important when, you know, you end up supporting Tottenham. So it's <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that gives you extra protection. Um, now, we last caught up very recently, actually, at the Fighting Cock uh, Social. Uh, you did a, a little bit of a little bit of a warm up gig uh, before Flav and Ricky had a little chat with Sandra. It was a fucking good night. It was a really entertaining night. Um, and I'm trying to think back last season. I think I saw you a couple of times, maybe in the Beehive in Tottenham and, and maybe once or twice in Beavertown inside the stadium. Uh, where, where have you... Like, I've not had you on for a while, right? Tottenham haven't played for a week. We don't have a game until Crystal Palace. We can look ahead to the Palace game. I think we all know Spurs have got to perform and be convincing and play really well, blah, blah, blah. There's about 100 other pods that will cover that off. I'm just interested, you know, catching up with people and 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 seeing whether there is, I was going to say gullible, but seeing whether they've also been kind of pulled in by Postacoglu and pulled in by the change. Because last season was grim, right? Where were you in the depths of Conte football? Like, where where was your mind and where where was your head going towards? It was just like. I just found it so toxic. I, um, you know, I, I've moved up north and 
and he, it was it was a strange time. So every time do you know, I'm back down in London gigging, I'll see him family or something like that, and and Tottenham are playing at home, I will go I will go to the game, and it was the first time in my life where I would be in London, and Spurs would be at home, and I and I I went, no, I'll give that a miss, and it was just because it was bad for my mental health, like just I would I would be paying, you know when you factor in beers and all that, you're paying probably over a hundred quid. And then I would sit around wherever I was sitting, you know, usually the South stand, uh, but you know, I'd go wherever I could get a ticket and it just yeah. didn't, and it just felt so just, it, I couldn't even just say, Oh, I have a season ticket where I sit in the same pe- the place and the people around me are wankers. It just felt like everywhere I went, I would end up getting more and more wound up about things being said around me. Now, that will never go away in football. You're always going to get idiots to think that they know what to say. I mean, we're two of them right now on a podcast, right? But well, Absolutely. <laughs> but, I'm not disputing that. <laughs> but it just... I, I remember I remember going to the, the Arsenal at home game and they, they lost 3-0. And they were just convincingly beat. It was, disgusting. It was horrible. And... And I was feeling sick to my stomach for what I was watching on the pitch. I was seeing fights around me in the stand. And, uh, you know, and I was like, I, I'm not coming here. I moved up north. I thought, you know what, well, I'm going to put the money in that I would be spending on a ticket into the DIY. And I remember there was times where, uh, you know, I was watching Spurs and building Ikea furniture at the same time. And I'd have it on, on my laptop or my phone or whatever. And... Oh, we'd be two 0 down in in ten minutes, and I'll just think, "Fuck that," and just put it off, and just and just crack on with the IKEA. I've never I've never so angrily built IKEA furniture in my life, you know. <laughs> but I tell you what, it's quite good because you do really you like, you know, you really kind of bang it. In. You, I've got to be, I've got to be you know, honest. The little with wooden you, things up, bang, just get in. You little little wooden. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather watch Tottenham lose than build anything from IKEA. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm, DIY. Me don't get on at all. <laughs> um, not at all. Yeah, it, I mean the I, obviously I can relate to all that because I was still going to games and um, I was still going to games and people like Ricky and T uh, and, and one or two others that you, that you you know were selling the tickets towards the, the back end of it. It was just it wasn't even worthwhile to make that trip into Tottenham to to see each other. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's only because I live so local now. That it's not. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I can get there for the misery, and then I can escape from the misery pretty sharpish. And because I've got a season ticket, I felt really guilty about giving it to someone else, let alone yeah. trying to sell the ticket. You know, how can you sell a ticket to Tottenham? Lost. You know, with last season's uh, narrative, um, uh, that was a hard sell. Uh, so it was. It was one of those things where it was like, let me just see see us die on the pitch. Um, I mean, I, did, I remember. Can't get any worse, can it? And even it kind of even did. when I did go, you know those those post or post beers that we had have in Beaver Town, people just wouldn't. You know, people would just go straight home because they were so pissed off. Or if if you did stick around for a beer, it was just depressing. Everyone was just so just just down in the dumps, and you, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to so make excuses and you know it was just yeah. like it's not good for my mental health I was I was coming away there you know um, 
more depressed than I, you know, than I've ever been at that times. Just thinking, why the fuck do I do this? Getting caught in the piss in rain. I remember getting caught in the piss in rain, and I couldn't. And it was just trying to get a bus back to Walthamstow where I stay because I'm from there. And it was like I remember standing there just getting drenched at this bus stop with no shelter and thinking, why do I do this? Yeah. I don't even know why I do this. See, it's funny, isn't it? Because like when you when you think about football, you're meant to take the good with the bad. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Of course. You're meant to take the good with the bad. And I guess with us, we, we were just so fed up of... Fed up with the club. And the, it's kind of a mixture, right? The club are, are, are trying to make the right decision, but it's it's mainly based on desperation. And we're desperate as a fan base to have some kind of uplift. And then when, so if you mix the two together and it doesn't spark, it doesn't ignite, then mm. it's, it's volatile and it, and it becomes, it becomes quite violent and it become and I say violent in terms of like the, the kind of the mental self harm that people did to each other and the way that we, we would look at some of our players and mock them. We mm. weren't even abusing Emerson and Eric Dyer and Hugo Lloris. We were mocking them. Do you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it, it was, it was it was not good, and it was, and I think, I mean, do you, is that a consequence of what exactly? Do you think it's a consequence of overextending, like uh, overachieving, maybe under Pochettino, or not, or not, or not achieving to the level that we could have got to, and then the consequence <laughs> of that was just this, this yeah. kind of collapse. The ball did not make the right decision with Mourinho, obviously Nuno in the middle of it all, Conte. So three wrong decisions. That's 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 enough to fuck us up, isn't it? Like in in our heads. Yeah, I, I you know I think we, I think we are under you know we underachieved with Pochettino. Something you look back at that that's that fifteen sixteen season and the team that they had and the team that you know the other teams in the league and, and stuff like that is is travesty that that never won anything. Um, and of course, obviously Leicester go on that madness and people kind of. You can make excuses for it. You can kind of say, oh, well, people just kind of rolled over and let Leicester stroke their bellies and all that. And maybe that did. But then, you know, we, we tasted a little bit of what the what, what it's like to how the other half live, I suppose. Right? Yeah. We, we, got, we got a taste and we were like, we like this. We, we, oh, this is nice. Oh, it was like, you know, like in Hunger Games where like District 1 where all the rich people live and they just yeah. they just make themselves throw up because they've eaten too much nice food so they just drink something that makes them throw up so they eat more food while while the rest of the, 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 the divisions are in famine. It was like that. It was like, oh my God, we're, we're, at the, we're at the party now. And I think that comes with a new age fan, uh, a new age fan that kind of, you know, I, I there were... <laughs> There were times last season that you would see you would see these Tottenham Twitter accounts, you know, um, tweet like, "Is this the worst team we've ever had?" Or they might say something about Emerson Royal and be like, "Is he the worst player Spurs?" Oh, ever had? I remember that. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, you have no idea where we've come from, yeah. you know. And that it was quite clear that we have now through age as well. Because if you if you were you know ten eleven twelve you know ten years ago uh, and now you're and now you're in your early twenties 
And really all you've known was this Pochettino side, the Champions League finals and pushing for the league and this, you know, Walker and Rose and Batongan and, and all the Vireld and, you know, all, all the all the Dembele. That's all you've known. So then I feel like the, the collapse and the 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 knee jerk reaction is much easier then, mm. you know? Where I suppose and then that that's infectious because we you know, we've come from We've come from the pits, you know. We've, we, I mean, I grew up. I was born in '91. I started to really fall for Spurs in the late '90s, early 2000s. You know, where you know, I like it was my birthday when we were three 0 up to Man United at halftime. My <laughs> birthday. I, I was on a bouncy uh... castle in my garden, telling all my friends that Tottenham are beating Man United three 0 on my birthday. And then they lost five for it, you know. And it's it's funny, isn't it, when you think about that? Because we were so desperate for any kind of success, we would have taken that like a like a small minded fan base and football club because yeah. that's what we were, that's what we were. Unfortunately, because of uh, the decades, well, the decades before. I mean, the beginning of the nineties was great, but the rest of it wasn't, and we just fell so far behind. Look, mate, just a quick question: Are you playing the tambourine? Because I can hear this ruffling every few minutes, and I don't know if it's if, if it's just your 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 mic. We're still recording, by the way. This is a bit no, of a no, yeah, no. Uh, I might it might just be rubbing on on my. Uh... Is that better? Oh, well, we'll see. We we'll continue I mean, I've talking. Stopped, I've stopped playing the tambourine. Um, <laughs> where, where were? Yeah, and I think I I think about like that as well. It's just kind of infectious that you. You, you start to, you know, move with the time and go, okay, we're good now. We're, we're, we're bloody good. We deserve to be here. We've got this stadium. We've got this. And it just wasn't like that. We were just, after Pochettino, which was quite clear that there was this knee-jerk reaction of, it was, it, it was paper over in the cracks as well, that Champions League. Mm. Let's, let's not, oh, 100%. Yeah. Let's not course. kind of get away with that. We were, we were, we were shit that year. Um, and... You know, and I, I think the time for him to was to, to move on. But then the club just didn't seem to really have a plan when all they had a plan, which was Mourinho, because he came in very quick. And it, But it, it clearly wasn't the right one. And I think sometimes the board get a bit romanticised, you mm. know. And I think sometimes they, they go, oh, we can get Jose Mourinho, you know. However, times he's won the Champions League, this you know, this one of the greatest managers of a generation. We can get him to manage our football club, and and it, it was never going to fit. It was never going to fit. Uh, and then, of course, that doesn't work out. You know, Mason comes in. Who's going to come? Nuno. I mean, that that whole thing was a shambles. Just finding that <laughs> manager and this. How many managers turn us down before we go? And, to, to Nuno and even even that like you know he obviously wasn't the right man it was it, it, you know the club's probably too big for him and all that but I, you know on a personal level if you knew that <laughs> this club had approached kind of 10 managers before you or whatever it was like ah just give it to this guy the season starts in a week you know yeah and I mean it's shambolic wasn't it's it it's just shambolic right and and then again I think in a way you know, I don't, I, it's easy to look back on the Conte appointment and go, 
oh well you know it was such a wrong wrong thing it was never going to work but it, let's let's face it at the time we were we were buzzing we were, oh, we were buzzing no doubt he was no the doubt. Best manager available he was a proven winner he had not done it 10 years ago he had done it kind of in kind of the last recent yeah recent times and we we were happy but you know it's Here's quite the thing, clear right? that, that you know now you look back it's easy to because when you're in love with someone i suppose you can look back on a divorce and go fucking hell that weren't yeah that weren't right was it that relationship yeah, but when yeah. you're in it you you're like oh oh you know it's a bit of nickel well, there you see, this is this this kind of segues into Postacoglu because if 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 you go back to those kind of early, um, if you go back to those early Conte days, and we thought I thought he was going to be the catalyst for change at Tottenham, and obviously he wasn't in the way that I thought he would be, and we all hoped he would be, but he he he's the catalyst in that I don't think Tottenham will ever go back to that type of managerial appointment. However. Obviously, at the minute, because the football is just, you know, it's not great at the moment because we're, we're kind of working through a few things as expected in the first season under his tenure. And he's, you know, people have these expectations in their head based on an, a variety of variables, uh, our form, the form of other clubs and whatever else. Uh, it's all a, a little bit unrealistic. And a lot of it is fueled by that desire to do well. You want your team to basically win. You want your team to do well. But the hype we had for Conte at the beginning and the validation that I was guilty of, and a lot of us were almost saying, let him cook, let him cook, let him, let him get, you know, let him, let him work out uh, what he needs to do to get this team playing in the right way. And we're saying the same thing for Poster Coglu. <laughs> so what's the difference? I mean, I, I know what the difference is in terms of my opinion of it, but I'm curious to know yours. How, where, where have you landed with with Ange Postacoglu and how are you actually see in this first season and your expectancy in the sh- very, very short term and then obviously over the next two two or three seasons? Big I question. Mean, I mean, the, 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 difference, the difference is is the personality, the man, right? The, the, the person... And Conte is uh, a narcissistic twat. It's just self-absorbed. But it also comes down to us as a fan base and us as a club, which seems to be somewhere in, and it sounds, you know, to to somebody from the outside listening in that doesn't really know football or something, when you say, but it's in the club's DNA that we've always responded to these managers Going back to to, to Billy Nick, uh, Birkinshaw, uh, Venables, and and then Martin Yole and Redknapp, that these these just likable men that you kind of like your cool uncle, you know, right. you, 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 and and as mad as that says sound sounds sometimes, and you're like, well, it's how can that be the DNA of a particular <laughs> yeah. business, but it really is. It it really is. And going for Mourinho and Conte, where both of them are are narcissistic kind of <clears throat> self absorbed wankers, it was never going to fit. You, you're right. putting square pulls pegs you, in round holes. A pause a moment, right? But there's something fascinating here, right? 
so what forget about the whole dna thing and so what what I'll say forget about it, but I guess it ties into heritage and tradition and the rest of it. Some people would argue the reason Spurs haven't had the success that we believe that we should be having or we should be we, we should be fighting for is because we haven't changed our our profile as a football club, our our personality traits, our you know, we're talking about the winning mentality, the culture of hating to lose and all these other things. Personally, I think it's slightly exaggerated in the in, in the to suggest we haven't changed as a football club in the last 20 years is a load of bollocks we have changed massively the expectations of this club now is that even our fans see fourth spot as a failure sometimes because we believe we should be doing better than that and obviously we have this obsession about you know getting to a cup final and winning something so so when you when you think about the the Contes and the Mourinho's who who only care about winning and they will deliver that if they're given the right tools or they're at the right football club, which is a discussion all on its own. How is... We we want that, but when we have that, we're not willing to be patient and neither is the other manager. And then we find ourselves back wanting that uncle, that dad, that, 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 that kind of... that strong personality that immerses themselves into the football club and understands what it means to to be Tottenham but also wants to imprint their own you know their own personality on the football club in order to better us so there's something lost in translation in the middle of those things because under Conte there was and maybe even before Conte there was a big discussion point Spurs fans Tottenham fans saying I don't care how we play as long as we win, because it's about time we win something. But the the very fact we were doing that in the most ugly type of way got everyone pretty depressed going to games. We were winning games at Tottenham, and we were walking away from from the stadium as if we lost. So there's so I guess what I'm asking you is: is there something to be said about those that that kind of DNA factor that? The fact that we need a certain brand of football, we need to feel a certain way, that it can't just be this kind of clinical, methodical, uh, over-disciplined football that Conte was trying to instill in the, in the club, that it has to be expressive, it has to be expansive. And and, and the secret sauce is, is somehow flavouring that to the point where it... it it's it's just it's just gives you a like a ratatouille moment. Do you know what I mean? That you're yeah. you're you you not only can you play really really beautiful football, but you can play aggressively and you can play ugly, but you can mix and match. So it it feels post Conte, and the way we reacted to Postecoglou that that's actually more important to us. How the football makes us feel, how the club makes us feel, and then everything else is a bonus. Yeah, but I think in a way you've you've answered your own question because ah, uh, this is what I do, mate. I'm too good. Uh, but it's you know if you look at, at football in the grand scheme of thing or uh, any sport really that people go and watch and enjoy, it, hmm. it's about the the participation. It's about the being there and enjoying a game and winning. Yes, is is great. You want to win, but you know only one percent of football clubs win. You know the FA Cup and 
and, and and listen, I'm not saying that's a loser's mentality, but I'm just saying you go and tell somebody that supports Plymouth Argyle or Leighton Orient or something like that that's, that that their their club is nothing because they've never won the FA Cup, you know. And it's like, of course, see, not. people people would say that we need to be in that one percent. Why are we not in that one percent? But I get that, I get that. But at the end of the day, we ha- well, we have to get there. But if we get there, we have to do it our way because mm. we're quite clearly not happy with you know. Because it's easy saying, oh, you know, I, I don't care how Tottenham play as long as they win, as long as they bring back silverware, I don't care. But honestly, you do. It's like your wife turning around to you and saying, I want to be a swinger. And at first you're going, yeah, I don't care because I'll get to shag other birds. And then really it's just it's just some massive geezer coming around to rail your missus every Saturday night. You're going to walk away depressed, you know? And you're like, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up for a, a good time. And, you know, we're <laughs> swinging. But it uh, doesn't seem like a two-way. And I think, I think Tottenham need that. I think soulless clubs like Chelsea... Uh, you know they might they might get away with just sacking and hiring and whatever mm. they whatever mm. they want, but yeah, I mean it's it's that's a hard question to answer without talking about DNA or heritage, isn't it? Because it it just the simple question is it is in our heritage. We want to see expansive football. We want to see attacking stuff. We want to see you know stuff that gets us off our seat. I, and if we don't get that, yeah, we still win. Ultimately, yeah. we're not happy. You know. And 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 this is this is why like football isn't as, I mean it isn't as binary as some people believe it is. Like you know, appoint this type of manager to get these type of results, and don't worry about what goes into that, you know, into that pot, you know. And then under Conte, we at the beginning it was like he's working things out, and I guess it's the same with with Postacoglu. You can kind of, well, you can see beyond doubt what Postacoglu is trying to do football-wise. We know what kind of team we want to be in terms of how we play. We've seen it in the patterns of play, the way we play the ball out from the back, uh, the way we transition from midfield into attack, the way the, the full-backs that become dynamic midfielders, uh, the, the way the, the wingers are meant to play, etc., 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 right? You can see it. And... It hasn't been convincing a hundred percent of the time, but we know the reasons for that uh, are, are, are obvious. It's the basic reasons for a new manager taking over a club and then just changing the way things are. You got fitness levels and you got conditioning and whatever else. Then we had the little implosion and the injuries and the suspensions, and we're still kind of trying to come back and rediscover that kind of early season mojo, which was just a teaser trailer. For the box office smash that will hopefully be out in all cinemas next season, right? Like we at the moment, it's not the full product we're getting under under Antonio Conte. And I don't want to keep I keep going back to Conte, but I guess it, it, it's a good comparison because you do have some fans who are asking, "Well, what's the difference?" And I'm, and I'm kind of sat here. I don't know how you feel, and I'm thinking, what what are you comparing it exactly? Because he came in to do a job immediately and and obviously couldn't because Tottenham are not are not the type of football club that would allow him to do that because you have to work with the players and you have to coach them and and you you you, you know you have to deliver certain things to the fan base as well and you didn't give a shit about any of that stuff and it kind of crumbled away and the football you were playing was it kind of peaked up towards the end of the first season when we when we beat 
Arsenal three 0 and we and we you know we we got top four, and then he just downgraded it all and started from scratch the following season, and there was nothing. Mm. There's no there's no tangibles there, but um, not to get too lost in the Conte stuff, we can just push him aside as 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 you know where he belongs. Bless the guy. You know, he had problems in his last season at Tottenham, personal problems, whatever else. So did we. We hated our football club. And then one summer later, we're loving. We're loving Big Ange. Like, just talk to me. Like, you got the mic. You know, like, spoken poetry, whatever you want to do. Like, what what are those tangibles for you, just in terms of what he's done thus far? And then, and then kind of go back to your expectations for uh, the rest of this season first. It's it's strange with Ange really because you know when he came in and there were there were lots of names obviously being touted about in the summer and, mm. and you know it looked like we was going to get the the, the guy um, the Dutch guy um, oh slot slot yeah Arnie we were slot. fully in mate and, I was slotting something into him <laughs> but uh, and. And uh, yeah, because because you know I you know whatever he'd won the fight final the league and, and whatever and it was yeah this is the guy you know he's gonna do it and you know it, it seemed like he just kind of dangled the carrot a little bit to get a new mm. contract or whatever whatever and then Postacoglu was being touted about and then there's people are like oh Nagelsmann is on the on the market we should go all in for Nagelsmann and it was. You know, I think Spurs fans are a bit shallow, aren't they? As well, where they're like, "Oh, yeah, I think know. all football fans are." Yeah, I suppose. But we, you know, it was like, "Oh, you know, Mourinho and Conte, they, they, these big names didn't work." Oh, who's the next biggest name available now? Uh, is, is Tuchel maybe might come available? You know, um, uh, you know, it's like Nagel's no, made like like, and then you you get linked with Ange, and it's like, "Oh, he's just well, he, he's only what he's only where's he been?" He's been in Scotland and mm. he's been in Japan and blah blah blah. And I suppose you know. The, listen, I'm I'm not going to sit there and say those those arguments aren't somewhat valid because it was easy to look at you know um, Gerard and what Gerard done at Rangers. You know, it was that I suppose that was the the, the closest thing that was. If you were just you know just looking at it on the surface of things, it was. Well, look, Gerard won the league at Rangers, got on playing, and then went to Villa and was found out for being a fraud. And where is Gerard now? Taking Saudi money, and it's like, you know, I don't even think he's. I think that he's like bottom of the Saudi league as well. You know, so, and that's just looking at the surface of things. Of just looking at there's two clubs in Scotland, the Celtic and Rangers. You know, they're always one of them is always going to win everything, um, and you know. Your, your auntie and her dog could manage one of those clubs. Oof, controversial. But, but no, 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 that's not that, that. I'm just saying that's what. You know, no, I know, mate. What, I know. What people say. I know. There was a lot you, of disrespect. Even I, was, I think. Of course. Consciously, it wasn't then, even subconscious. Know, I kind of, I was, I, I was like, Posta Cot. I didn't even finish pronouncing his name. I was like, Posta what? Nah, <laughs> the Celtic manager. I don't yeah. even know where he came from, and it was it was an, an arrogance of course, because we've been conditioned to to 
think of big names and, uh, and hipster well, everybody managers. Everybody wanted and... slot who who come who come from the Dutch league, where it's, it's pretty much the same answer. You know, it's Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ajax Amsterdam or Feyenoord. You know, and yeah. that th- those are the clubs. P- PSV every now and then will 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 you know chuck a glove in, but it's like and uh, so, so you know. But what made slot the man that was going to take Tottenham forward, and what made Postecoglou the man that was. Mm. Oh, what's you know, Levy's Levy's a fraud, like you know, bloody bloody blah. But if you look, if you scratch beneath the surface of what Postecoglou's done in his man- managerial career, in terms of you know, going to a country where you know they they speak a completely different language, completely different alphabet, and you know, doing what he did in Japan and changing. Oh, I thought you'd been Scotland. Well, it's, yeah, that as well, <laughs> and you know. And it's quite funny because you, you saw that, you know, he's been in the job just over six months. And you see that tweet that resurfaced when he was in the job pretty much bang on six months. Hmm. And it was a big Celtic kind of Twitter page. And it said, um, Tottenham fans, I promise, come back to this in six months. You're going you're gonna to love it. Yeah. You know? and, and then, you know, because at the time we were like, this guy's not, you know. And what makes that the right appointment? And, of course, it's not, listen... It's not all sunshine and rainbows, like you know, like like you said, that early season when everyone was fit and firing, and then we looked unstoppable, and then you know, obviously the Chelsea game derailed us, and South African Cup and Asia, you know, we, we, you know, everyone listening to this knows what's gone down, and I think I, I remember me and you actually having a conversation pre end of last year uh, in Beaver Town, and and saying. I think, you know, we're going to be strong for the, the last push um, when, you know, players come back fit and, you know, hopefully our players return early from 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 the international competitions that are going to happen. Yeah. I think, well, and what's happened now is players are returning to come back from, from, from injury. Players have come back from, from the AFCON and Asia Cup and it's not quite felt the same. It's like, yeah. oh, and I think we just expected it just to go, everyone's back, everyone's fit. Exactly. We're going to play like we were for the first it's not that easy. game. And it's not that easy to, to find rhythm, to find, you know, you know, it's, you know, now we've got Benton Core back and, it, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, because he came back and he looked really good the first couple of days. But then I personally, I don't think Benton Core is fully fit. And I think the first couple of games that he came back, it was off adrenaline. I think it was like, okay. That's proving to be the case, isn't it? I think we're not yeah. going to see the best of him until next season, which is what I think everybody suspected would be the, uh, you know, yeah. the, 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 his, his return to, to full fitness. But um, we got carried away, which we like doing, which is also fine because it it's an adrenaline rush. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it, it, it's how football should be. You should be able to get carried away. Otherwise, your team's doing something wrong. Of course, I don't, but I don't know what people want because now in I've seen in group chats and on on social media. Oh, I'm getting sick of this high line. And I, listen, it makes my bum twitch a little bit because you know <laughs> it seemed it seemed with the with the Wolves game especially like it was like two passes out over the top it out wide and yeah. and it kept on happening and happening and happening and that for me is a little bit frustrating with with the with Ange ball. It's a bit like he's. I don't think stubbornness is the right word, but he's kind of, we'll play our way, you know, and and sometimes you're, as a fan, and of course, you know, 
he's forgotten more about football than we'll ever know. Mm. You you see the same move opening you up time and time again. And, you know, if it was a boxer, you'd be saying, you know, put your guard up on your leg. Yeah. He's coming into your, you know, you, you know, and that but do, me is a little frustrating. But do I you think, think that's jumping off the, you know, I think, I think people saying, oh, Ange Ball's been found out now, you know, is, is too. Yeah, that's too basic. That's basic punditry. Yeah, it's just. I, I think a lot of what we're doing is kind of re- repetition. Um, in terms of just keep doing because at the, right at the beginning when we were playing the ball out, I was like my mouth, mouth was in in my heart, my heart was in my mouth constantly, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like we're going to give it away, we're going to give it away, and it's just over time it's become second nature. Yes, there's been occasions where we've wobbled a little bit and we haven't looked very convincing, and again that's that's kind of a collective lack of synergy and form and whatever else, and that that kind of you kind of play out of that. Um, if given the opportunity as a team, um, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that fussed about it. I mean, I would like to think we will adjust and evolve in the right way. That the, there is a lot more going on at Hotspur way than we give credit for. I think everybody has dumbed down everything about Postacoglu. You know, he says mate a lot. He plays the high line. We like to play out the back, and he's stubborn. And it's like his football isn't that basic. No, you know, and 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 I think it's easy for it to be that basic when you're trying to digest content and you you've got people trying to attract click uh, clicks into their into their content from people that are not necessarily Tottenham supporters. So yeah. you, you you you've got to, there's a caricature of who he is, and and, I, and and that's fine if they want to pretend or if they want to make the assumption that he's his football is basic as fuck then that's fine by me because then that would allow us to just crack on with what we're doing. And, you know, there's, there's, there's been a lot said, uh, there's something I shared on the last podcast, the, the, you know, the first season under, under Pochettino was not great. It was very frustrating. It was difficult to, to see what he was doing. Dare I say again, have to mention those scumbags from, you know, across the seven sisters um, or the other end of the seven sisters rather that, you know, that the, they finished eighth, eighth and fifth. Mm. And then clicked. They just clicked. Of course, you know? but they, 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 they have been reminding me of Pochettino's Spurs, actually. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I going to have to edit this shit out? What's going no, on? No, because I hope it ends the same way because we, you know, we were, we, it took us a while and then yeah. and they clicked and then we ultimately kind of were nearly men and it fell apart. And I'm just hoping, and the wheels came off and. And, um, yeah, I'm just hoping for the same. But you're right, all these things. And if, you know, we're all sitting here as well, Spook, with, you know, they, you know, those scumbags are a, a good example. And Pochettino Spurs, hmm. from, you know, 2014 to 2016 are, are also a good example. That these things don't happen overnight. This is the first time, you know, even Arteta knew the league because he played in the league, you know. Yeah. Not sorry to to name him, but you know, and then Pochettino had previously managed in the league of Southampton and kind of got an idea. This is Postecoglou's first time, you know. Of course, he's managed at the World Cup, but first time in the the best league, arguably in the world. Um, you know, the the quickest, most intense league in the world. Um, you know, it's his first time in one of Europe's major leagues as well. It's not even mm. just like his 
he's come from Germany, managing there, yeah. or you know whatever. Yeah. He's, you know, so we all sat down and we was like at the beginning of the season, you know, when we got over, our, got off our high horse about him, and was like, right back, back the guy seems quite nice in interviews, you know, those early days, but. Every Tottenham fan will tell you they'll be lying to you if they didn't say that they'd written off this season, as a as a you know if we finish in the in between tenth and seventh would be happy not happy but mm. that's what we kind of expected you know and and then it just you know they came out straight off the, out out the blocks early early on and you could see what he's doing and you could see and there were still mistakes and there's still mistakes now but you can see it. But he's also learning at the same time. Yeah, you know, exactly. So when, right. when we're saying, "Oh, he's playing his highlight," he's, he's, he's too he's stubborn to, to change his ways. He's learning. You know, you think he's not sitting there going, "Well, this worked at Celtic, so why isn't it working here?" He's trying to work out exactly how to make it work here in a, in a, in a better league with better competition, with better players. You know, this is the best team he's probably ever had in terms of talent. You know. And that, that, Absolutely, but you can't then say, "Oh, well, he's the best players he's ever had, so he should be doing so much better." Or, or, or no, it's like it's just all about a well, cycle. What, learned what about players. okay? So, what about you know the fact that you know uh, the esteemed Daniel Levy? <clears throat> um, obviously, he's completely accountable and responsible for appointments and, and the rest of it was desperate with Mourinho you could un- understand what he was trying to do desperate with Conte you can understand what we were trying to do again now he's gone back to basics but there's been a lot of change infrastructure wise right we've got people in to do data player acquisitions we're we're, um, we're signing some young talents and brilliant young talent just the way that we're doing our business the profile of the players the personality of the players I, I, tell me how you feel about what uh, uh, the, do you believe the club have actually changed or turned or turned the corner because we are extremely wealthy we've got all these revenue streams opening up that f1 cart thing uh soon all this money coming in from concerts and the rest of it we're appointing the right people behind the scenes it's set up to help and support what Postacoglu is trying to build. And Postacoglu also seems to be connected with Levy and everyone else in terms of the players that he wants go out and get these players, these types of players. So there's, as opposed to what Conte was doing, every presser, we've got the complete opposite now. Do you believe that that the club have turned that corner? Uh, Yeah, at least they're they're moving in the right direction. And I think the club had no choice other than to do that. You know, when when they've gone down, like, you know, as we spoke about on this podcast, the previous managers were trying to go for a big name or whatever, and they've, you know, they've had to go, okay, we're, we're starting. And, and, you know, and a new cycle was happening as well in terms of, you know, we had to we had to move on. Players, you know, that we had for a long time, like Lloris was kind of past it. You know, Vertonghen had to move on in the last kind of five. You know, all the... And then it's like we have to find ourselves again of a, a fresh young batch of players that buy into the club and buy into the identity. And that, just like you know, a business rots from from the the, the, the head down, 
you know, it also it also succeeds from the head down as well. So if it's going well from the top and, and you have everybody pulling in the same direction, which seems to be happening now. With some yeah, that's the most young, important thing. Young players, you know, um, we have an identity as well. You know, you could you couldn't tell me what the identity was at the club eighteen months ago. You could had you know, none. Like exactly. we had no identity. Exactly. You know, you say, oh well, you know, it's the Tottenham way and all, all this to play this way, but there's no identity there. Now we have an identity. You can see from the the young players that we're we're signing. You know, we're building not just not just even the the, the players now that are you know going to come in the academy and these you know wonder kids we're buying on the continent and loading back and all that. Even the, the ones that we're playing in the first team are young players, you know, and well, look, we're building something. We know that we're not going yeah. to be able to do what Manchester City do in terms of go out and just spend 100 plus million on the best player in that position. Doesn't work for like, Chelsea, that that, that particular well, blueprint. Well, I swear, yeah, maybe <laughs> in the past, but, um, but you know, and, and that in terms helps... Helps us, and when you when you get players like Vicario, who clearly has this likability but identity, and kind of like bond with the fans straight away, because you know, I think that's what we were doing as well. We're finding these players like Vicario and Udogi, and you know, you know, maybe even Dragerson, who's kind of like not quite made it. You know, Dragerson was at was at Juve and. It didn't work out there and got loaned to the division below uh, and then kind of was that Genoa Genoa yeah yeah and, Genoa you know and it's like these players that have potential that have kind of but also got something to prove you know hmm. and I like that because I just feel like as a club we've got potential but we've also got something to prove and if we can have that identity of these kind of you know these men that you you written off and we're going to come and slap you about, you know. That's, hmm. that's the Tottenham way. Well, look before because I want to ask, I want to ask you about some of the players, and I also want to ask you about Harry Kane. We will do that on the Patreon section, but be, before we finish up uh, the, the 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 normal the free podcast part of the pod episode, what have you been up to, mate? Because you said you've moved up to uh, to to well up north somewhere. I don't know if you I, mean, I can't remember yeah. whether you mentioned where you moved. Um, um, York. York, there you go. I, don't, I can't remember if that was ITK or not. Um, no, no, you can, no, people can know. If you're ever in York, let me know, uh, listeners, um, and I'll. You, if the Spurs are on, we'll go to the pub. I've nice. Made some Spurs friends here. Um, so, yeah, no, I am. Um, yeah, what's, I'm in York. So... What's cooking for, for, the, yes. for stand up comedian, actor, and heartthrob? <laughs> um, yeah, all right. I suppose we. Uh, I've just been gigging, um, so I just really do like the northern circuit. So this weekend, I was in uh, just gone. I was in uh, Liverpool, and the coming weekend, I'm in Sheffield. So I just get about to these big northern cities, which is which is nice. And then you know, do some auditions. I had audition last week where I had to play a uh, a gay man who was a sassy gay man, and I tell you what, I played him very well. It was actually oh, that doesn't audition. shock me in the slightest. What? But... Everybody says that. Not not one person I've told about that audition have gone. It's it's the eyes, mate. It's the actors <laughs> in the eyes. It's the, you know. I had a little earring. I put a little earring on, didn't I? And it was uh, just really weird. <laughs> you, are um, you stereotyping there? Do you? No, the no, no, not at all, not at all. It was. Uh, it was. Actually, but you wear an earring, don't you? No. Well, I did wear an earring for a while, and then um, and then I um, 
<laughs> I got some headshots done and the photographer said, uh, you know, just, okay. So he took some professional headshots and he was like, now, yeah. now wear like put on an outfit that you'd wear typical Saturday night when you're gigging. So I kind of put my earring in and my little necklace and, and, um, and he took a shot. And of course, when they first take the first shot, they kind of show you on camera. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. and I, looked, you hated yourself. I looked so gay. Like, without stereotype, I just did. And I, and then it just all came flooding back on all the men that have hit on me in that last year and a half. Well, that's a good thing, right? There's nothing. And I used to, like, pre- no, it's a good thing, but obviously, that's not the way I'm inclined. So, like, I used to disappoint these men that were, you know, were barking up the wrong tree. And, um, I, I just remember being at Spurs once and Callum leading it, just just really ripping into me for this earring. And I used to think, nah, I look so cool, man. I look so cool. And, uh, <laughs> so you've been anyway, bullied so... out wearing an earring no, by Callum no, of the no, fighting car. No, 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 no. I was, I was wearing the earring long <laughs> after Callum had said his piece, but I used to just think it was like, it was I uh, just fr- friendly banter. But then I, and then I realised that, no, I think people were trying to warn me that I, it didn't suit me. Well, that's fair. Um, we we all make uh, mistakes. <laughs> I think my biggest ever was denim on denim. denim. I think uh, everyone's probably it's guilty. Back in fashion now, eh? Is it? Yeah, bit of double denim. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going back to the. <laughs> There's something you said at the start of the pod when you said you were born in '91, and I was thinking in '91 I was at Wembley to watch Tottenham beat Arsenal three-one. Oh, what am nice. I doing here? Grooming. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. where can people find you as well just quickly before we, we just uh, we kind of wrap up and yeah just follow me on Instagram um, and Twitter at David Alfie Ward um, all one word David Alfie Ward and uh, yeah give me a follow I usually Twitter I chat shit about Spurs and, and Instagram you'll see more like on my comedy where I am kind of gigging and stuff so yeah perfect alright well th- thank you for downloading guys if you want to listen to the a full podcast. We're going to continue chatting for another 10, 15 minutes. Um, you can listen to that on patreon.com forward slash spooky Ian Purgatory. Up the Spurs. 